Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, Rob, the old guy. The old guy's here. And Ryan, who the fuck is that? Preston. And we got dead air. So <laughs> welcome to the Mad Trio. <laughs> wow. That's so, quiet. So so this one, this one's a shout out from my mom. 25 years later, David Lynch's Lost Highway remains an unappreciated <laughs> and nightmarish neo-north Has it gem. really been 25 years? Yes. Oh, my goodness. My mom has been yeah, bitching about this movie right, for 25 years. It's hard to believe. Well, it's because we went into the wrong movie theater, sat down, and went, what the fuck is this? Oh, man. Yeah, Dude, was... You're not prepared for a David Lynch movie. I mean, you got to go in primed for that kind of thing, man. Oh, David I Lynch is rightly considered among among the most impetrable, impenetrable, <laughs> I-M-P-E. Yeah, bizarre well, and right. allegoric filmmakers of his generation. However, there's always a re- resolute singular <laughs> sense of authorship. and in- They used <laughs> every bit, yeah. I, I can't read, but... <laughs> No, you can read. You just can't. I'm, I'm having, it. yeah, yeah. I'm having issues. I have those but days too. I, I just a shout out for my mom because she's. Any anytime you bring up what's the the, the worst movie you've ever seen, Lost, Lost Highway, Highway. Yeah. and inevitably somebody will say, <laughs> well, somebody will shout out. It's like that's a good movie, and then you know it shenanigans happen. Mm-hmm. Shenanigans, yes. Oh, if you guys, uh, just another interesting tidbit. If you guys want to see uh, Sylvester Stallone, his wife, and two of his daughters on a podcast. It's super interesting to see his fi- uh, family dynamic. Really? Yeah. It just because you, you don't like for a long time, some of these celebrities, like especially him, you didn't really hear much about him. He was smart. He kept his, his shenanigans to himself and his two daughters have a podcast called unwaxed. <laughs> and yeah, but it, it's, it's actually, it's a really cool podcast getting to, to, to know him on a different level. Cause he's a goofy motherfucker. Mm. And it's, you know, you don't, you don't expect that I'm from sure, his roles. You know, the guy's a lot smarter than everybody ever gave him credit for. <clears throat> I mean, you, he really is. And, and he realizes the way he comes across. And so, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. When everybody see, see him, they think of Rocky. So they think of this, this, this dude who's just like dumb as a brick um, guy instead yeah. of that. He yeah. was, you know, he was pretty smart. No, he's pretty smart. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's almost kind of the opposite of Steven Seagal, you know, it's why <laughs> you, you get, you get this impression of this dumb guy and then you hear him talk and you, you kind of got to hear him talk at length. Cause if you only hear him in 30 second clips, you might, you might still be like, Hey, he's kind of a, kind of a box of hammers, <laughs> but, but no, you hear him talking uh, for, for any more than a few minutes at a time and not just some sound biting. He's, he's a, he's a real smart dude. Yeah. And he knows exactly what he's doing. He's he's a marketing genius. Well, you, uh, oh, absolutely. You're not talking about Stephen Seagal. No, right? no, no. Oh, he's okay. not. No, Stephen Seagal is the opposite. Yeah. He portrays himself as this fucking guru. Yeah. And then you hear him talk for more than 30 seconds at a time. You're like, this guy's so full of shit. Okay, so he's <laughs> yeah. the antithesis of, okay. Yeah, I was, exactly. I was about to say, wait a minute. Th- them are fighting words calling that guy. You know, smart. the interesting thing with Stallone is that if you watch him talk, you kind of go, well, you, 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 but if you listen to him talk without watching him, it's much better <laughs> because the way he talks, you know, he's got that kind of curled lower lip type thing. And it's very well, strange. He, and, and this, and here's the thing is he still has that real, real, like salt of the earth, Philly, um, uh, uh, vocabulary. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he, he does a lot of like, you know, little grammatical things that are very much cultural. You know, I'm not going to flip him shit for right. no. you know, making gr- grammatical errors on, on something like that. But, 
you almost got to get past that to hear really like the the content of what he's saying and you're like oh this guy really knows his shit yeah. in this interview he calls <laughs> yeah. himself yep. a guido which made guido. me laugh pretty good he's like i am a guido <laughs> um but no i like stallone i always have this was this was cool like it, it was funny like i never thought growing up that i would have liked stallone more than uh, schwarzenegger but Schwarzenegger, oh. to me, has turned into kind of a scumbag. And the more I hear about uh, Stallone, the more I like him. I, I think it was just interesting because I was a more I was a bigger Arnold fan back in the day. What was the uh, scumbaggy about Schwartz? He slept with everything while married. You know, and that may yeah. be that may be the case for Stallone, but Stallone's been married yeah. forever. Yeah, I, I have I have issues with that. If you know, <laughs> maybe you know, if you're married, that's you know, your puritanical upbringing. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know, you know, it's, look, he's not, I guess the bar has been set so fucking high now that, you know, if you're not banging kids, I, you know, I, I generally kind of give you a pass for, right, okay, you step that on your marriage, that's between you and your wife, you know. Well, see, the, 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 the thing about Schwarzenegger that made it scumbag is it wasn't the fact he was hating, you know, he was having coitus with a, you know, with a rat in some sort of fancy hotel. He was having coitus in his marriage bed with a maid. You know, I was surprised the first time you said coitus, and then you doubled down. <laughs> <laughs> you, and you didn't. Wow, That's you funny. didn't challenge the word rat either. <laughs> yeah, the rat wasn't the party. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> so, guess who is going to lead the Fallout TV series? The Fallout based on the video game Fallout. Oh, here you guys go again. You're leaving me out. Of, you're leaving me out of this conversation. Let's well, talk about is, things I don't know anything. Well, this about. is this is for James and Ryan, but I thought James uh, would, would Ryan would is like James. Here. Hello, James. Are you there? No, I'm sorry, James is not here. So okay. So, Charney, first tell me, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna give your dad the 30 second elevator pitch on Fallout. <laughs> Walton Goggins will lead for the Fallout no TV series. Fucking way. Let's go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, Rob, you know Walton Goggins? No. You ever see Justified? No. Ooh, that's a good one. You'd really dig. Oh, okay. Um, he was also in a Hateful Eight. I don't know if you caught that one. Sons of Anarchy, um, The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, Justified, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. No. He's he's been in a lot. So okay. To say, he, he, <clears throat> he puts on a clinic every time he's in something. I, I love this. Oh movie. yes. Anyway, okay. John Chimney's fo photo. Yes, I I know him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Right. Um, Fallout, basically, remember the Disneyland version of the future? Like, like when Disney imagined the yeah. future from the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, it was they there. Thought, you know, everything is going to be <laughs> nuclear powered. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. like that vision of the future. <laughs> you know, you got these robotic everything and everyone's cars float like the Jetsons. Right, um, right, yeah. Based on nuclear power. So... <clears throat> Basically, Fallout takes place in a world where that was the case. Like, everyone embraced nuclear power, and and it turned everything, you know, your freaking Mr. Coffee is, is nuclear-powered, and your car, and everyone's got a Mr. Handy robot and things. And at a certain point in, um, I want to say 2077, um, nuclear war breaks out. Everyone gets put underground into these fallout shelters mm. where this giant corporation called Vault Tech was secretly planning on doing a bunch of experiments on people and then repopulating the earth later on. Mm. Okay. So it's a post-apocalyptic uh, uh, video game series, survival, etc. But the lore of it is so unbelievably deep 
and there's been uh, five games and, and change, you know, if you count a couple of interstitials. The first, the the first lore, game, sorry, the first game was around and, when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's been okay. around forever. But it's, the lore has very much been established from game one to game, you know, uh, four, which they're on now, technically. And there's, again, a couple of interstitials. Um. But it's it's a really, really well thought out, like the, the new one for the newest one takes place in Boston and they turned Fenway Park into a city called Diamond City. And it's like like 300 years in the future, you know, because everyone was cryogenically frozen. Like it's it can make great fodder for TV. I, I, I would recommend Sight Unseen. You might dig it if you ever like the post-apocalypse. Yeah, it's so, and this okay. is this is from Looper. This is from Looper.com. L O P E R. In regards to Fallout, Amazon has not revealed the specifics of Goggins' characters. Variety has reported, however, that he may be in line to portray a ghoul. These zombie-like mutants are humans who have been irre- irreversibly radiated, losing most of their skin, taking on trademark gravely speaking voices. Some have become mindless zombies, where others retain their minds and participate. Were remains of society. Hmm. interesting um so like this is why so when it comes out let me know yeah and he's yeah. the perfect um he's the perfect actor the interesting thing about walter the goggins is he's from actually the uh, the area or where justified was supposedly about so one yeah, of the he's from kentucky and so from one of the things he was worried about it was wait what's that i hear oh banjos never mind see that's that's actually what he said that he was worried about how it was going to make fun of his people and so it was there's a couple of interviews with him being worried about you know like afraid everybody was going to be these like toothless redneck drinking moonshine type of characters and justified from what episodes i've seen as a pretty amazing tv show or Hmm. was all right oh no if you guys if you haven't seen or finished uh justified it's uh timothy oliphant uh as a u.s marshal who was like born and raised in Kentucky and goes back there, but he's this real old school, like loves old Western, still wears a cowboy hat, you know, uh, practices his quick draw. He's just a badass. Um, it's a really, really fun show. And it's coming back. Is it really? Yeah, allegedly. No I don't, way. That's what I've heard. That would be crazy. I mean, I'll watch Timothy Oliphant and anything, uh, except Hitman. He basically ruined that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so have you uh <laughs> which can of worms do i want to open it up this time have you guys uh checked out uh truth social no i have no not. what is this so that's uh former president donald trump's free speech social media platform oh that one yeah i heard yeah. he was uh like like beta testing it so it set it was set to launch today so today it went live and uh, it crashed. <laughs> right off the well, that's bat. not surprising. I mean, you know, uh, it, it could only handle so many people logging on at once. I guess I, sure. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, and that happens a lot with with you know something oh, like yeah. that. Any anytime some new Xbox shit goes live, and <laughs> you know whatever takes you know, everything down. With it. You know, it surprises me though, because so many people are sick of. The, the censorship that all these platforms having, whether you're talking about Facebook, Twitter, or even uh, Spotify, you think they would have bought a couple extra servers or figured out how to at least make it work to some degree because it would have at least made a good open form considering how there's a ton of people who are sick of well, not, the, the rhetoric of that side. Not going on and trying to log into it. I, 
I mean, I looked at their home, you know, their opening page just to look at it. And then it says, okay, well, set up an account. I'm sitting here going, I don't know if I want the government, <laughs> the government to know I'm logging into Trump's site. I, you know, it's, isn't that terrible to think about something like that? But, you know, they're touting it, of course, as the free speech, uh, social media platform. And, uh, you know, in it, which is the, the problem with those things. I'm sorry, Robin. That's all right. Off, buddy. Um, the problem with those things, I think, can can become, and I'm not saying this is what it is or what it's going to be, but the danger is echo chambers. You know, people never want to challenge their particular beliefs. They want to talk to people who only agree with them. Right. And 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 if they do meet anybody that uh, that has a differing opinion, they've talked to the to the to the inner circle so much that, you know, they don't even want to listen to or they, they just automatically, you know, judge or, or get angry at the differing opinion and it doesn't get anywhere. You know, um, I think there's too many people in the, uh, the, uh, silent, uh, majority who don't talk, but, but that's going to, I think, I mean, again, has a very strong potential of just becoming a, a echo chamber, slash propaganda machine even if it's not setting out to be there's definitely going to be you know their version of the of the truth and not a lot it, of it'll it, it'll be a, a war back and forth as far as i'm concerned we, yeah. you know you're going to get you know we're, we're getting it depending on what news outlet you listen to or who, whoever you listen to you know you get both sides now and you, i still have a problem with not the ability to come together and allow somebody let somebody have their own opinion and make some discussions and and, and you'll have an open discussion now it's shouting each other down is all it is yeah, right, so the, the right. best the best example of this that i i, I think far as the, the the war between two sides is if you take a look at the proud boys you know if you look at the proud boys their leader was a black guy and the the meat the the media said oh they're all racist or if you take a look at Joe Rogan who is if you look at everything he stands for in his podcast is really liberal and now everybody calls him yeah. le- right yeah. right wing so i i well, think that's a lot of people trying to take that out of context and you know things like that no one's really concerned about the context well, what um, happened is that I, people I, didn't listen to his show. I mean, it was coming out, and the people right. were labeling, labeling him as you know, alter right winger yeah. thing. They didn't listen to his show. They had no idea what right. it was about, and they're just parroting something that somebody else said, and it's kept going and, and going the, and going. The reason I brought now, up look, the, I mean, there the, there has been some some actual you know well thought out arguments. The best I had heard was like, yeah, you might not have started out you know wanting to be responsible for for the things that go on in your podcast yes you're a comedian i get you're just talking shit you're not an expert you've never given medical advice to anybody but you know joe has always been a fan of like the underdog idea you know so some might even be considered fringe and he might even consider it fringe but he finds it interesting enough to want to have the guy on and that guy might you know as far as the consensus scientific community just as an example um might think this guy is more of a crackpot than just fringe belief you know right, than right. the unpopular belief like hold on a second we know this guy you're talking to and he's a he's a full-on nutball um and so it may be in- a little bit of responsibility on on the type of people that you know <laughs> or the experts or whatever that you have on you know, might be something you want to uh, pay thing, attention to. 
the thing that I think is interesting, um, I wanted to go back to what I, the earlier part of it, but the thing I found interesting about Joe Rogan and COVID is, is I don't know the percentage, but a good deal of the stuff he said about COVID turned out to be true, like masks are useless and you do this. And, and so <laughs> he started pointing out and he pointed out in the show and he's like, some of the stuff that we said in the show is only is now accepted. He said this in one of his um, apology videos that so that was interesting. And then we'll say one of the reasons I brought up the Proud Boys, because I think it's the most interesting case of what somebody says they are and what everybody else perceives them to be. It's, it's super interesting if you follow... So a number of, number of organizations can be usurped by some group. That the yeah. Oath Keepers were the same thing. They started out as people just saying, hey, I'm for the, the Constitution, yeah. and I'm for the United States, and I believe in keeping the oath and, <laughs> and all this. And then it's didn't, been usurped by all these other extreme groups that take over for it, and oh, it's yeah. unfortunate. And I just, I, just think it, I just think it's interesting like like how that happens in the media portrayal. Joe Rogan, I think, is the best one. Because if you actually pay attention, like he even said on one of his podcasts, like, yeah, I'm probably going to vote for Bernie. Yeah, I, I mean, saw that. No Republican, yeah. well, no conservative would ever say that. Yeah. I think the current outrage over Rogan is very much over COVID. I, I, I mean, I think on the heels of that, people might, you know, the there are a lot of people who are, are have a, a good argument about what he has said and what he has platformed against COVID. Okay. Um, entirely going against what the actual established science is. Fair enough. I think there's a lot of people who hear that and associate it with a right-wing ideology, and without they just they just kind of put two and two together on that. Yeah. You know, even though it's it's one doesn't cause the other. Yeah, I you know it's yeah, but anyway, so we started out this conversation not talking about Joe Rogan, but talking about. Trump's thing called Truth Social. Right. There were a couple other platforms that didn't do well. Uh, what was it? Was Parler and Getter? I think is what. I'm, right. I'm on both. Yeah. And they're super confusing. I think they're they're poorly laid out, and there's nobody there. And the other thing is, they're super like. I'm not. I know the conservative opinion, so I'm not really interested in getting that. However. Twitter is like communist land. So they're both awful platforms. I mean, yeah. Twitter, Twitter, if you're going to talk about just simply the UX, uh, Twitter and Facebook are very well laid out and easy to use. So, yeah, and that's on a usable thing. I'm talking about more on a social level situation. I think what's happened with some of them is they just got so slammed, you know, a back again, you can't have the voice and state your opinion and let it just be that no if your xyz opinion is against whatever abc's opinion is we're going to go ahead and jam you full of trojans and ads and all the bad yeah, stuff yeah, and, yeah. right and that's so that's left and right and, and those things and and both sides can get equally militant and nobody would be doing this if people could trust the media you know if they didn't yeah. feel like their their particular side of the media and I go just as many left-wing people as I do right-wing people who hate yeah. CNN, Fox, whatever we're talking about, um, because they can they can taste the spin immediately. Like like oh, this has an agenda. Mm-hmm. Like and and part of it, and I know I've fucking jumped on this soapbox before, but yeah. they're watching opinion shows. You know, yeah. Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson. These people are opinion shows. They're op-eds. Right. They're not news. It's not Walter Cronkite with the evening news. Here's what's going on in the world. It's this is what's happening, and this is why you should be angry. Do you, do you know when my, my 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 turning point in realizing the news was starting to get really fucked up when I started agreeing with Bill Maher? 
<laughs> right. That, that, right. That to me, because like I, I actually, I actually like Bill Maher as a comedian. I don't agree with his politics, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I start agreeing with him. It's like things have gone so far that somebody who I'm diametrically opposed to politically, we're like at the same page. That to me was like, but you Holy know what? Shit. You know what though? Like, like you guys definitely line up <laughs> on free speech. Oh, hundred percent. You know, um, and 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 all of that, and all of that entails, and and what this country represents, um, and the the foundations, and and the ideals, and you know, the the strive of the perfect union, right? Uh, but he's willing <laughs> to have a nuanced discussion, and you can't have with that somebody who he disagrees with. Right. And that's just, it's a rare thing. So I, you know, that's, I, I love, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro for that reason. You know, I, I mean, I think he's, you know, kind of all over the damn place as far as when I agree with him and when I don't. Um, but he's willing to have a nuanced conversation and he's willing to accept new information and incorporate the, the, the same, ben Shapiro, if you want to look <laughs> at the, whatever side doesn't like him, the stuff they throw up Ben Shapiro is insane like the amount of um by the way what i'm saying is a guy who has jewish heritage so take that with my, uh, a grain of just remember that like i've i've seen the k word thrown around i've seen a lot of like super racist shit thrown his way and crickets sure. yeah and i'm like it's like seriously i mean yeah. come on here if, if you're going to talk shit about him at least talk crap about he there are some things he does that drive me nuts like his particular way of speaking drive me bonkers but but i've heard the reason particularly why there's a i forgot the particular reason but i saw a tiktok video explaining that it's a idiosyncrasy of how he grew up and where he grew up that that particular style of of speaking it just happens to be what he you know alleged that's what this this girl said so i don't know i just i there's so much stuff i'm just tired of well so as we all know people voicing their opinions don't necessarily understand anything they're saying and they're just spouting whatever and that's unfortunately what happens is that you get people that don't truly understand the issues or or what's really going on and they they just sit there and they start ranting about the most esoteric stuff that makes no sense whatsoever to the argument and and that's what that's what happens with this stuff. And that and that's Yeah, and yeah. I'll I'll tell you that's that's why I, I stopped having opinions about kind of general politics, um, because I don't know enough. You know, and I'm not even saying like like well, I am partly saying I don't pay attention enough and, and, and read enough about it and, and understand, you know, the the real particulars ins and outs of, of the government and you know, I've got the uh, cursory knowledge, let's say. I of, would of how our government functions. I but, would interject that if you paid close enough attention, you're a sadomasochist. No, for, I I totally agree that you've got some serious problems. But but hey, look, some brain people, damage. That's their hobby. You know, fucking. I I play video games. Some people pay attention to politics, and that's their jam. I Whatever. think cool. I think a fr- a full frontal lobotomy <laughs> sounds a lot more enjoyable than paying attention to politics, especially American yeah, but, politics. But for what the president does. You know, let's just take that specifically, okay? None of us, no matter how much you pay attention to politics, are privy to the information that the guy in that chair has. Oh, 100%. There's information that you don't have that that dude does, and that might color his... No, I'm not saying, you know, give him a pass on anything he does, you know, like like hold people accountable, etc. Um, you know, will of the people and all. 
But at the same time, like the armchair quarterbacking that fucking goes on, you know, the, the Monday morning quarterback, it's like, dude, you didn't have all the information in that briefing room. You know, you're not taking into account a hundred different facets like this dude is. Uh, and that's, that's why I really uh, dislike Trump. And I'm, I'm saying this very much from like an emotional level, right? Because that's all I have to base it on is I never got the impression like he was considering the various angles on anything. You know, I think he saw an angle that gave him an opportunity on things and, and maybe have been accidentally right a few times <laughs> uh, and, and, and accidentally wrong a few times. But it's, it's not knowing all of the information, I believe, was a big factor in that. So... I brought this up before. I want everybody, if there's anybody who's ever listened to this, look up a TED Talk by a gentleman name of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was the president of WCW Wrestling <clears throat> during its hot, during its, when it got, wrestling got super, when it got super hot in the 90s. <clears throat> the reason I say that, because he talks about the news, but this also works in politics, about how they get you to be emotionally invested into it. Instead yeah. of paying attention to politics should not be about emotions. It should be about taking in data and interpreting in data through whatever political filter and lens you see things. For some people, it's, it's you're, you're viewing things through conservative or a Christian conservative, which is completely different than a standard conservative. So there's all these lenses you see things. But politics today and in the past have become super emotional, you know, have that you're, you're, yeah. you're tied into who you are instead of being, Oh, I'm American. Who's a Democrat. It's like, I'm a Democrat. Who's an American. And it's just really weird. I had a conversation with an acquaintance of mine who said, I said, you know, people just, instead of being uh, uh, African American or a gay American, they said, just be an American who's gay or American who's black or, you know, and her comment was, no, we need these groups to separate. It actually shows that it forms a, a tighter bond. It's like, ask it forms a tighter bond yeah between groups of people to, to by being that's, segregated yeah uh, and, ridiculous and my my, my <laughs> comment like my, my comment to her at the time and anytime to anybody who's ever said that exact same thing to me it's like my forefathers came here around the turn of the century if you asked them at the time they would have said i'm from blank but now i'm an american and I said, ask anybody who immigrated from the United States yeah. to the United States. Anybody who went through like the citizenship process and all that. <laughs> they'll say the same thing. So it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know. I'm, I'm an Israeli, but I'm an American. You know, they, 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 they say, yeah, I'm from here, but I'm an American now because I'm here. And I, I think that's part of the, the big part of the issue. And I think the first time I saw this in my lifetime that I paid attention to was uh, Bush and Gore with the Supreme court, but looking back on it, you could totally sell with Reagan. There's things the Democrats and Reagan did, but I thought, it, I think it's gotten worse over time. That's a sidebar so to it. Politics has always been its own kettle of fish. Oh, so 100%. To speak, right. Politics, I mean, you, you go back changed. to the beginning. I mean, <clears throat> you can go back to the beginning of the country and we were con <laughs> controlled by, uh, by the king and queen or whatever it may have been at that time. And you look at it moving forward, it's always been contentious. Every way, shape, or form, it's just politics. It's, it's crazy. I think people, I think though, and I don't know this, but I don't remember a time in my lifetime where it was your identity. Like it's- Politics it's, is your identity? If you pay I attention, would, that 
you know, that's what it is now. It's, it's the core of your being yeah, is yeah. like, so like how people say, oh, I'm Christian. I'm a Muslim. I'm Hindi. It's like, no, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. It, that becomes like the center part of the universe. Well, everybody has a right to identify. <laughs> Let's, in this day and age, you got to identify with the way I, you want to identify. I've never I seen I want to identify though. as a well, whatever, as, as right? Dude, it, it, what I identify as, one, not a big fan of labels like that. Um, <laughs> was, I, I don't like being put in a box. Because um, people form an opinion based on a label I give myself, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't say I'm a Democrat or a Republican or anything. One, I'm, I'm neither. Um but uh, he's a bull moose party guy. But I don't say that because, and I wouldn't really claim a particular party just because someone's already going to have an opinion before I explain it, right? <laughs> um, like, I don't even like saying atheist because that's such a loaded effing word. You know, people have an opinion about what that word means to them, regardless of what it means to me, you know? So, uh, that's why agnostic is the best way of going. I mean, yeah, you're running you know, that fence really well. That. There's your label. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what people, uh, that's what people think about that one as well. Like, yeah. Oh, you fence riding piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pick a side. You yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. See? yeah. But, uh, you know, back in the day, and I don't remember exactly when this was, uh, uh, uh very much in, in, in Rob's memory, probably more than mine. <laughs> What's the, left of it? Um, I think that was an old joke. Yeah, I think so too. Go ahead. <laughs> Not even a joke. I mean, just, I mean, legit, like there was a time when do, 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 do. there was a certain amount of, of money set aside by networks for um, children's programming right. and news shows. Right. Yep. That was before, like you weren't even allowed to advertise on children's shows right. and news programs because it kept everything impartial. Now everything is being sold, like John was saying, for the sake of getting people emotionally involved so I can sell you Colgate, you know, or the new Ford. Burma or, shave. you know, uh, yeah, pimp whatever show's coming on NBC that afternoon uh, or streaming on their web service, you know, because everyone's got one of those now. Yeah. But everything is become, when you, when you allow them to, to advertise, the whole point of the show becomes we we put out shows that people want to watch that people are going to be engaged with so they stick around for the commercials. Since the beginning of television, that's exactly what it's been for. You know, uh, the freaking Colgate comedy hour. You know what I mean? Like, like it just you want- everything was to sell you something. And when you add news and TV uh, kids shows to that. <laughs> I've got one opinion about kids shows because damn, I found a lot of cool toys watching Animaniacs. But, but you, the perfect news, it's a different, different stake. I'll say the children's shows particular are actually they're, 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 they're designed to sell you toys, period. That is the goal of any, you wonder why as a kid, your favorite cartoon disappeared because it didn't sell enough toy units. That's literally well, what they're there for. They're advertisements. And that's also why back in the day when, when, uh, the the networks were required to shell out a little a little jingle to uh, the kids shows. The kids shows sucked ass. That's how you end up with freaking you know Hanna Barbera for Christ's sake. <laughs> Damn. And don't give me any shit over. I love Yogi Bear. Great <laughs> ape sucked so much ass. It's I, not even fair how bad that. I was. liked Grape Ape, Deputy Dog, uh, Ricochet <laughs> Rabbit. Um, uh, I, I loved all. I loved all of those. Yogi but Bear, Yogi Bear, Yogi Bear, Snagglepuss. Come on. Look, I, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for a soft spot for some Huckleberry Hound, which I think was uh, <laughs> Hanna Barbera, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, 
watch it be, not be and prove my point. Um, yeah, Deputy Dog had some had some moments, but I mean, a lot of their shows were trash. <laughs> as as a cartoon fanatic, I, I I'll give you the ability to be wrong. No, look, I, I give you the ability to, to reconcile with the fact that there was only two things on and you had two choices between a couple of bowls of shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's what we grew up with, John. But no, that's no, that, what that it was, was, man. You look back on those shows now and they don't exactly hold up. No, that was that was my dad's era when it was, you were either watching Flipper or the Brady Bunch. You didn't have any other thing. And the, when the president was on, your night was shot. <laughs> There's some yeah. truth to that one. <laughs> you and I can both sit here and, and, and talk about the, uh, the, the virtues of, of the original Warner Brothers all day long. <laughs> because that was that was just great shows because you had you know Frizz Freeling and Mel Blanc and you know those heroes I love my favorite one of my all-time favorite classic cartoon characters is Droopy that's all I'm gonna say is like I, I love <laughs> Droopy <laughs> was Droopy was an awesome character <laughs> Droopy was my was was pun intended my dog man I love Droopy dog so much <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> you know that's the whole idea behind the show is where where we go down this rabbit hole and how many different directions we can take at once yeah you know right that's what it's all about so, so. that's what it's all about yeah. according to cbr.com they're showing a new high-res photo high-res batgirl photo showing michael keaton as is his new batman costume <laughs> <laughs> he's back as batman michael keaton michael at, keaton 60 some years of that's like putting me in a bat well no i'd have to go back please, further he's, please tell me they're gonna be doing batman beyond <clears throat> no well i don't know about that but that's not that this is he's considered batman the retirement home he's considered one of the greatest batmans because it was so gothic The tim burton's batman is what inspired the 90s batman cartoon which is considered yeah. by many the greatest batman cartoon so I'm not surprised. Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Mr. Tim Burton. Mr. One of the best. Yeah. Ever. So, and you have Michael Sorry. Keaton, yeah, who was really, Mr. Nanny or Mr. The, Mom. Yeah, especially with the first one. Uh, yeah. The first Batman before he you know before he gets a little silly when he when he got into you know penguin and, and all of that I, but um the first one it just really set a tone man that was it was so great the first yeah i think the first and second one and yeah there were parts of the second one i thought were well done but i, oh, I the parts of the second one were just completely insane if you watch them now <clears throat> like the entire christopher walken stretch um their their interpretation of penguin and catwoman were were just bananas read if you can find it there's an article somewhere talking about the hell that michelle pfeiffer went through in that costume oh i bet yeah um but she got her powers because she fell out a window and a bunch of cats licked her yeah all i'm saying yeah oh this is a sidebar but if there's any superhero movies, <clears throat> look up, look for uh, any time that the, the the female character, the female superhero, look for what they talk about their costumes. I think the women who I think the women get tortured more in these superhero movies than any of the guys do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Although that Captain America suit doesn't exactly look comfortable. None of them look comfortable except for Robert Downey Jr.'s considering it was CG to the, the everything. Yeah, but, no shit. He's, he's in a studio wearing jeans. Dude. Yeah, there you go. The one that actually the way to do looked it. the most uncomfortable to me was um, the Princess uh, Diaries chick in the Christopher Nolan Batman as Catwoman. That just looked uncomfortable. And any any of the costumes that... Uh, uh, <sighs> Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson's been in in any of the Marvels movies. Looks super uncomfortable. 
Yeah. yeah I don't know. Sure. I think hers, hers, uh, hers looked pretty stretchy to me. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't Anne, know. Anne Hathaway apparently kept for those, going. For those moves that she had to make, I don't know. They weren't, yeah, that wasn't yeah. the heavy leather that like Batman. Yeah. yeah. I know Anne Hathaway kept saying she kept blowing up the back end of her, her, her costume. <laughs> I just, those are the ones that I find interesting is when people complain, Michael Keaton said a six-year-old little girl could have kicked your asses back. Yeah. Cause and, he couldn't move. And this was, this was something he said like a couple of years after Batman, he says, it's just like, you can't do anything. He said, you can barely turn your head. Yeah. And, and no, he didn't turn his damn head. Yeah. He turned his shoulders to right. look yeah. at people in that movie, man. That's he couldn't. That's he couldn't right. move his head. That's why in the Christopher Nolan movie, they they on the second one, they made a joke about, yeah, I'd like to turn my head. Yeah. Yeah. Between right. that and then, you know, he refused to drink anything because he didn't want to have to go to the bathroom. It took two hours to get him back into it. No <laughs> so, you, know. you know, and that's, that's one of the things I appreciated the most about uh, Christopher Nolan's um, you know, even even though I mean, there to me, there's there's better interpretations. Um, but it was the first person to to look at it like like what would what would this function like? <laughs> you know, as opposed to okay, yeah, I get what it looks like, but what what does it actually function like? You know, and the the overlapping weave, and you know, even just the way they explained it, like like oh, you know, you got this Kevlar weave, and you know, stuff like that. You're like like oh, okay, yeah, that's that's functional. And looks like you want it to look. Yeah. So talk sponsor. about talk about looks like fun, looks like how you want to look. Why don't we check out our sponsor? Sorry, Audacity. That was a bad transition. Today's show is brought to you by <laughs> Audacity. The game where dignity is overrated. Go to O D D A S S I T Y dot com. That's O D D A S S I T Y dot com. Pick up a card game from this website or selected stores. That's Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. And and since the Rob, since this is Rob's story, he's up next. Um, is this is this a listicle or, or? Well, this is for our sponsor, the main sponsor lady herself, Melanie. Melanie. This is for you. Yeah, this is for. I, I'm going to apologize in advance, Melanie. I didn't have time <laughs> to do a whole lot of research, so I came up with one that I I thought was. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> if they were serious about this or not, but it said ten things that dogs can smell that humans can't. if you go into walmart meth yeah i you know i guess so i you know a typical dog's nose contains about 300 million olfactory receptors compared to you know like six of ours something like that more than that but i mean the point is about 50 times stronger than ours right so there's some obvious stuff um, and then the not so obvious stuff, but we, if we start out with some of the, you know, current theme stuff, they're saying that, um, they're, they're training dogs to be able to smell COVID. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, now you don't uh, have to, yeah. you know, go out and just get your trained COVID sniffing dog and it'll tell you if you have it or not. Right? I, I wonder what COVID smells like. Haven't gotten a dog to be able to actually put that verbally so that I could really understand it yet, but I'm sure he would tell you what it, or I she d- would tell you what it's. I, I doubt you could get your dog to, uh, to sniff COVID. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the furry one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Cause, cause the one dog could probably sniff it and give you a st- sentence as to what it smells like. 
But the other one, not doesn't so much. know what direction she's going in. Yeah. Well, we know that you know dogs can decipher between people. And this was a ten things, right? So that was that was ten or ten number nine people. They can tell the difference between people. Sometimes I can spell the difference between people too. So I'm not sure that's a great thing to talk about. You might comment about Walmart. <laughs> yeah. But you know they've trained dogs on cancer, so they you know they dogs can can actually spell. Oh, yeah. Spell, I read about that. Yeah. One. Early stages of cancer, specifically lung and breast cancer. Um, then they've trained numerous dogs to do that, but also including lung cancer, bladder cancer, prostate cancer, and other things. So I'm not sure I want the dog to get that close to me to smell the prostate cancer, but that's all right. I, it's <laughs> got to be better than, the, than that. That that's the snap and the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, as, you, as one comedian said, you can't remove it with a, with SOS and a uh, and a SOS and lava soap. And uh, <laughs> I'll keep moving along here. <laughs> I, I wonder, Melanie, I wonder if she has a dog. Cause, I know she has a cat. Oh, well, cats can't do that. They're not as good as dogs, but dogs can tell if somebody's pregnant. So dogs can smell pregnancy. Well, that makes sense. It's a mm. hormone change. Yeah, I it's a hormonal thing, exactly. And, and along with that, also emotions. They can actually smell the difference in emotion, emotions. That's why I've known people that have broken down absolutely crying and hysterically crying and the dogs come over and try to help them out and because they can feel that emotion or smell it then there's the useful things like bed bugs dogs can smell bed bugs yeah so. you know what a cat would do when it came to your emotions it'd be upset with you for not feeding it yeah <laughs> like or cleaning its cat box yeah just, yeah or it would lick its own ass looking at you huh this is what i think about you <laughs> this is the one i couldn't really understand they say they can smell heat what? Yeah, I guess they're they're sensitive enough to be able to smell the difference uh, in, in minute changes in temperature. <laughs> How they figured that I, one out, I don't know. But I mean, you know, I, I I think we just evolved better in that way. I don't need my damn nose to figure out it got a little hotter. I don't know. I know some people have a problem with law enforcement do the same thing, but I guess it's a different type of heat. <laughs> I get they're totally different. <laughs> and then, well, we we've all heard of dogs. Uh, going a little bit crazy pre-earthquakes, right? So natural disasters sure. that they're able to sense that- it. Now, smell it. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's different smells that ooze from the earth prior to an earthquake. I mean, we don't know, but they're claiming that they I can. I never assumed that was smell. Yeah, I didn't either. But apparently they're saying that it's quite possible that there are changes in gases and things that emanate from earthquakes. You know, I was wondering if it was uh, to do like the barometric pressure or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, that's that, what that, I was thinking. Yeah. That, 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 like that. Some that, frequency that, that, they hear, you well, know, from the, from the low earth rumbles when it's still deep in the ground before it hits the surface kind of thing. I, I don't know. Well, see, I was thinking like after it rains, you have that fresh, you have that rain smell. Maybe it was something like that. There's something like the barometric pressure and all these things released. Maybe out. so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I assumed like you guys did that it was something other than smell, but they're saying it's actually smell. Hmm. We know dogs can detect drugs. Oh, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the last hey, I'm one in california I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go he, then, he's now of legal age <laughs> yeah and then uh, the final on the list of course is, well not of course is diabetes they can also tell if you have diabetes or not interesting thing is i've recently heard and i didn't know this is a thing they have diabetes test uh, uh companion dogs if your blood sugar goes too low it'll boop you like bop you on the yeah. leg i i didn't know let they you did know that. try to get there was a, an article not too long ago where i somebody had gone into a diabetic coma and the dog was trying to warn their owner. It was one of the ways they realized the dogs were able to detect diabetes 
and uh, this went back a number of years ago, but uh, the dog apparently was letting its owner know that you've got something going on, you've got to do something about it. It turned out to be because he was diabetic. So that that's kind of interesting. So that's the, uh, the, the 10 things that dogs can smell that humans can't. So I, I did want to bring up something towards the latter end of the show because I thought, personally, I think it deserved to be towards the end. Um, I got one more thing, though. Oh, cool. And this is going to be short just because I think it deserved <laughs> to the end just because how special this guy was to me in my life um, as a movie guy. Ivan Reitman, acclaimed can can uh, Canadian yeah, producer and director of Ghostbusters, died at 75. I'm sad at that. Um, there's been a lot of deaths that, that really made Did me... my friend Brian worked with him? No. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Matter of fact, um, when he passed away, um, Brian's wife happened to mention that uh, just about a month ago, Brian had, uh, had actually worked with him on whatever project. With him. My friend Brian works at Sony Studios, and it's one of the upper <coughs> executives. I'm not going to go there, but anyway, just have to have to tell John that, yeah. hey, we have a connection. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was bummed at hearing this because Ghostbusters, at least the first one, was a real important part of my childhood. Oddly enough, the second one scared the living shit out of me as a kid when I saw it in theaters. Um, but I was really bummed about this, especially mm -hmm. really loving Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. I, I really loved Ghostbusters 3. Oh, good. I'm sorry to hear his passing, though. And so I, I know, uh, wrap my, my part up here. I know that, uh, Ryan, you probably have that Audi on order, that really high-end Audi. And I know Jonathan's oh, got, yeah, you know, sure. yeah, and Jonathan's got his Porsche that he's been waiting on at the dealership. No, 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 definitely not a Porsche. No? No. Mm, they're Bentley? No, no, no. No, not a Bentley. Hugo. Lamborghini. Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> well, that's I, not I, part I, of the story I've, here. I've had it on order since 1973. Well, all right, so then it's going to have to be Ryan then. So, you know, if you had a Porsche on order, an Audi on order, a Bentley or a Lamborghini, you may be waiting a bit longer. An abandoned ship caught fire off the Mid-Atlantic last week, carrying over 400 and over $400 million worth of cars. Uh, Porsches, Audis, Bentleys, and Lamborghinis. They, uh, they went up in nice. a puff of smoke coming across the Atlantic. So, cool. yeah. Bummer, huh? No. Beer. Yeah, it really breaks my heart. Yeah. I, knew, <laughs> I knew it would. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, I, I wanted to I wanted to bring up a, uh, uh, the result of a story. We uh, did a story a while back. We talked about a pro they were going to charge a reporter who found a to basically by looking into the, uh, the the script of the website, the source. They found a bunch of uh, people's information, like social security numbers oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So prosecutors won't charge the reporter who uncovered database flaw. Mm hmm. St. Louis, Missouri prosecutors will not charge a St. Louis Post dispatch journalist who exposed a state data a state database flaw and then public to access thousands of teachers' social security numbers. Cole County Prosecutor Locke Loke Thompson released a statement on Friday saying there is an arrangement to be made that there was a <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so fucking stupid. There is an argument to be made that there was a violation of the law and that this issue at the heart of the investigation has been resolved through non-legal means. What? Violation of law by hitting F2? <laughs> I mean, or whatever it is. Yeah, so he exposed the, the problem that the, the, a government website had that was tied to a database that it literally exposed in the clear... All this personal information. Yeah, we reported on that show a few uh, that story a few shows ago, and uh, 
Yeah, this guy was being charged by a prosecutor in that area. A felony, too, mind you. Yeah, and all he wanted, wanted to do was kind of whistleblow on the situation. Hey, you're leaking all this information <laughs> that you should, probably should not leak, and he got in trouble for it. Guy, what a what a great way to encourage people to say, "Hey, you might have a yeah. problem here, right?" That that's that's well, you know that that's been us in a nutshell for a while now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's been that's my true. favorite thing right there, though. There was an argument to be made. There was a violation <laughs> of the law by using a basic feature of a web browser. There was a violation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. And Bill Clinton didn't inhale. <laughs> it's yeah, just that's. A, uh, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's... I mean, it just really, really disincentivizes. <laughs> and boy, you, know, you got and that you know right. What, man, that's that's the thing, though, is that, that I, I would hope that, that whoever comes across the shit, I mean, damn, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be, you know, willing to be that heroic, you know, like, does that really have to be the hill you're willing to die on, man? Mm-hmm. There's you know, that. like that. And, and hopefully there's those people out there, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like to think that, that anybody in that, in that, in their shoes would, would do the same. Like, Hey, this is, this is bad. Well, you, you know, know, for, for people, not only that, this is a reporter and reporters are, are given certain liberties to do things like this. And he sure. was doing his job as a reporter and, exposing this. Right. And, and then they, they go, just think all these other reporters going, oh, great. Just what I want. I want to expose this stuff, but now I'm afraid I'm going to be prosecuted. And there's laws it. protecting them. Absolutely. There too. are. So, yeah, it's a little bit of, it goes really deep when you start thinking about that kind of thing that. A situation like this goes for a reporter exposing stuff that's part of his job and, and what he's protected from doing, and now where he's going to be prosecuted for it. Shades yeah, it's, of it's pretty nutty. Yeah. So, how old do you think Meet the Press is? So that probably goes since the what the beginning fifties, early fifties. Meet the Press is seventy years old. Okay. And the wow. first moderator, I did not know this, was a woman by the name of Martha Roundtree. I thought, that was, I thought that was super interesting that, that there was a woman who was the first moderator of that show. You know, it's sad to say that I have not listened, watched, whatever it may be for Meet the Press in a very, very long time. Since that one guy died, I've heard nobody likes it. I forgot his name, but it was the guy who did it for a long time. It was such a long time ago that his name escapes me. Um, but, you know, it's like Face the Nation, same thing. I mean, m- most of these... <sighs> It goes, you know, it starts right back to the argument we had, or the discussion we had right in the very beginning of the whole show. It just seems like we can't have civil discussions. Makes you almost not want to watch or listen to anything. It's the first time in my life I've actually voted. I've actually wanted 4chan to go have fun. Because it, it can't, don't they, for if nobody out there knows 4chan, it's it's basically a a, a board, uh, an old school message board where people communicate. That's where that joke about the OK symbol being white pride. That's actually where that came for came yeah. from. The, the, some of these guys there are really good at trolling, um, legitimate news sources. Yeah, they might they might be the best. When it comes down to it, I mean, they got they, they got that okay hand gesture to be racist. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. amazing. I mean, for me going back, I mean, that was what you did as a kid. You went, okay, we're good with it. You know, now now you can't do that because it's being racist. It's oh, come on, the hang loose thing is the devil's horn, right? You can't do it, that. I thought this was doesn't hang loose like 
Was it? I don't yeah, know. hang loose his pinky and thumb. Right. Oh, okay. So it's the the yeah, yeah. the right yeah. The, the index and pinky and this, is is in fact devil horns. Devil horns, which is yeah. ironic because it was made by a Jewish guy, Ronnie DMG. D, Ronnie James Dio Dio. Was, I can have, Dio was he the one who? That's every, invented the devil horn. That's who I've heard it uh, attributed to. Somehow I bet it was a caveman with a spear. It's a Jewish thing. <laughs> I think it goes way back well, further no, that, than that, but I hear you. The, the thing I heard it was is it was a, a Jewish thing his grandmother did. It, it's been such a long time since I've seen an interview. Um, by the way, uh, you guys don't know who Ronnie James Dio is. Take a look. He's an, he was an, was an amazing singer. Um, let's see. Random bit of trivia that's always fun. Pufferfish relief to release toxins when they puff up that is meant to impair the attacker so they can safely escape. Ironically, this doesn't work on dolphins in the same way. It actually gets them high, so they purposely inflate them and pass them around to their dolphin <laughs> friends for fun. I read that story last week, and I, my wife and I both got an absolute kick off of that. You know, you see the dolphins playing with the puffer fish. It's not, they're not just playing with it. They're getting stoned off the dang and, thing. And that's where the term puff, puff pass <laughs> came from. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> hey, come on. I've been holding that in forever. There's uh no comment, Ryan. What that? He's busy puffy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was trying to remember what um what form board um was uh the first two rules of the internet. Um it was a 4chan thing and it's going to drive me goddamn crazy. Oh. I, I was distracting myself. I was hoping your reaction to my uh, my uh, puffer fish and dolphin joke, but I guess it, uh, you didn't hear it. I like both of those. Yeah, fish <laughs> mammals. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, slash B slash. I think it was. Oh yeah, slash. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Slash B. Which actually, I just broke to the first two rules of the internet, which is rule number one. Don't talk about uh, slash B slash. <laughs> uh, rule number two: Don't talk about slash B slash. If I'm not mistaken, right. And then the only one I remember off uh, off of that is I think rule number thirty four is if it exists, there's a porn of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and from and just from going down the Reddit hole seems to be true. Yeah. Shout out to the perverts yeah. at R Clop Clop. Because there was something that, that disturbed me for a while. Well, I always said that the internet would never grow to what it is now if it wasn't for porn. Hey, it's just yeah, like, absolutely. It's just like uh, Betamax. It went away. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things, uh, my boss um, didn't believe me because that was a thing. Somehow yeah. me and a coworker got discussing rules of the internet, you know, laughing about it. And, he, uh, and I told him, uh, like, oh, yeah, you know, rule, rule 34, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, uh, you know, there if it exists as a porn of it, and he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "If it's a thing, somebody's made a porn of it," and he didn't believe me. Mm. So, it you know that day was a good 45 minutes of him trying to come up with something, and me just going, <laughs> "No, that's not a thing." Uh, and there's an HR violation every now and again, like once a once every other couple of weeks or so, he'll just randomly come out with some shit like ice cream. I'm like, oh yeah, oh that's an easy one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, and a lot of them are like no brainers, but he's just like, really? Yeah, Santa Claus. I'm like, yeah, he's Santa Claus. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Next, oh, next, that's funny. Next time you have this conversation, tell him to go to Reddit. No, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he's, he's in his mid fifties. He's not an internet 
person did blow his fuzzy mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there was there was a biplane that I just recently saw a little bit of a show by. I want everybody to take a look. It's the Hadley Page Type Zero. It was one of the world's largest biplanes made by Britain during the First World War. I think it's absolutely massive. And it was from an operation from uh, 1916 and retired to 1922. So it was for World War One. Yeah. All right. So t- okay. take a look. I mean, here, I'll, I'll show the old guy. This is... The Hanley mm-hmm. Page, what's it called? Uh, it's the Hanley Page Type O. Since I've never heard about it before, I, I kind of surprised me. I'm, I'm super into history. Add it so. to all the list of things you've never heard before, because I, I still wow, stumble across it. Whoa, that thing was real? I swear to God, I've seen this in pictures before. I thought it was, you know, one of those bullshit things. Yeah. See, so this is... I'm, I'm a huge... This sounds really bad, but I'm a huge fan of the history of World War One and World War Two. And so anytime I hear something new, specifically about machinery, <clears throat> it always blows wow. my mind. That um, thing's a beast, man. It's yeah. If you compare it to the Considered modern, a heavy bomber. Yeah. The engines I Bro, saw. It's got like a like a a bench seat and throw pillows. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's a. Hey, that's when men were really men. <laughs> Yeah, there was a there's a, a documentary on YouTube somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but it actually showed video footage of this. Mm-hmm. And I actually had wow. to, and it was in the particular accent. I actually couldn't tell what the guy said, so I had to rewind it a couple of times to hear it. But it's it's an amazing piece of kit. Uh, just a history buffs out there. Yeah, it's when men were men. That's something else. Right? Do you want to keep up to date on the maddest of the mad at the Mad Trio podcast? Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to thematrio.com. And I bet the guy's wife was mad for moving those throw pillars off the couch. Probably. It was probably her best one. You know, she, she woke up one morning and went to go, like, you know, uh, uh, just walked out into the living room and just looked over at the couch like, where, where the fuck are my throw pillars? <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like those hand towels you're not supposed to use. Got to use your pants. Yeah, right, exactly. Or the, de- right. or the decorative yeah. soaps on the back of the toilet. If she, I mean, you know, hopefully she, she, you know, fell back on, on just being proud. It was for the war effort. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the California pariah, the old guy, and Ryan Preston, since I didn't give him a shout-out the last time he was able to get on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you forget about Ryan? That was the time I couldn't make it. I he mean, filled in for me. I mean, that, that, that's, let's be honest. I'm a goldfish. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye.